The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. The following episode has been brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network and is sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Three. Two. One. And now, you're tuned in to the Navarro Miller Report, featuring the hottest in news, entertainment, sports, sports, all those topics for the mainstream audience. The Navarro Miller Report. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Navarro Miller Report. I'm your host, Dave Navarro, along with this person next to me. I'm Jeremy Miller. And we are very, very happy to have our special guest co-host from the hit thriller Manodrome. We have uh, Mr. Salud say Salud, thank you so much for joining us here today, man. My pleasure. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. And you're 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 actually out in uh, in uh, in Utah right now. You're at the Sundance Film Festival right now, right? I am. I am. I'm here in Park City, Utah, uh, for the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah. It's my Dude. first time, and um, it's really nice, actually. I just came from the Macro Lodge. Uh, shout out to Charles D. King and everybody over there. It's um, it's a great experience so far, yeah. Nice. Well, you know, wait for the experience here on the Navarro Miller Report before you say it's a great experience. No. <laughs> <laughs> so That's glad good. to have you here. We'll go ahead and uh, we'll definitely talk a little bit about you uh, uh, later on in the show. But first, we, we want to go ahead and welcome everybody that's uh, joining us right now. Meg, how you doing? Uh, she's saying hello. JC Strickland. Hey, guys. Hope you're both staying warm. Thrilled to be with you again. Uh, Jeremy, I am loving that shirt, brother. Dude, JC, stop. Stop. Okay, you're you're just enabling him. All right, I mean, you know, this isn't you know. You can't just help that people love me. I'm sorry. I can't. I know it must burn you. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> moving on to some other stuff. Uh, as we as we would have it uh, every single time that we're on the show, I always uh, subject uh, Jeremy to some blind reaction TikTok videos that I have. And now, so I'm going to go ahead and do that same to you, by the way. So uh, my my apologies ahead of time. Uh, but uh, these TikToks are actually pretty, pretty, pretty funny. It's just to get your guys' reaction on it. This first one actually has to do uh, with um, working at a drive-thru and uh, the ending, well, just go ahead and check it out. Oh, that's supposed to be chocolate. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. I mean, look, the way she hit her right in the head, she's a pretty good, she's, her, her target practice, I mean, she's, I was not expecting that. I got to be honest. No, that was impressive on many levels. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and it just stuck there. And she just turned around like, really? <laughs> having worked in the restaurant industry for a very long time at different times, I can tell you, stuff like that goes down. You you do. You get you get weird. So yep. I, I, I do not doubt that that actually occurred. <laughs> yeah. You got to love it. You gotta love it. Uh, uh, yeah, so, so Meg is saying, Meg is saying, she's like, that's something I would do seriously. No, not you, man. <laughs> uh, we got One Nation actually on Instagram Live saying hello, hello. So hello to you, One Nation. Nice to have you here. Uh, this One next show. This next talk t- TikTok video, actually, uh, this one right here, I swear when I saw it, person that popped in my head was like, yes, this would be me and Jeremy, and Jeremy would be the one driving. Uh, and when you watch it, you'll know why. Check it out. <laughs> go, go, go! Go, go, go! <laughs> he smacked the top of the dude's head 
and thought his buddy would just drive off. I'm like, yeah, Jeremy would probably do something like oh, that. I would fix you with that. No, you do something stupid like that when I'm driving. Absolutely, you're going to pay the consequences. <laughs> and I'm going to film Man. it and laugh. <laughs> the road rage of it all, though, right? The road rage. The way the guy just opened the door and was like, come in, you yep. square. <laughs> oh, no. But his face, he's like, really, dude? You're not going to drive? You're not going to drive? He's just like, okay, bye. <laughs> Oh, no, I absolutely right. left you hanging like that. Guaranteed. <laughs> oh my God. It was just so bad. Um, you know, hold on. Is it JC saying, um, JC, uh, JC was talking about the, the video beforehand. The fact that none of it hit the floor tells us you tossed that you, you, the toss had practice. Oh my God. Um, you know, the other one too, the other one too, uh, Meg just said right now about this video, she says, I would do that too. <laughs> We have some really twisted audience members, let me tell you. Um, this last video, actually, this one was dear, dear to my heart. This actually had to do with a cowboy fan that was watching the game. But his girl or whoever was filming this actually uh, had a very brilliant idea, actually, when it came to while she was watching the game, she invented a really cool cowboy bingo. You guys, it's actually pretty funny. Uh, and it's just, just go ahead and watch. She's lifting you up while you're miserable. <laughs> she's playing cowboy bingo every time. It, she knows everything he's going to say. She put it on a bunch of squares and she's just marking it off. She's like, okay, that's another one. That's another one. <laughs> I mean, now, you know that's on. not a new relationship. You know they've been together for a while. That's not a new relationship. I mean, she's used to this. <laughs> oh, my God. His household is seriously divided you think we have issues with ucla and usc he is a diehard lifelong niners fan his wife is a diehard diehard lifelong cowboys fan and just to piss the both of them off my niece became a diehard giants fan oh my god oh lord that's just a house divided sundays are very interesting in that house Oh yeah, no, it's just it's it's all kinds of bad. It's all kinds of bad. Well, those are the TikTok blind reacts for you guys. I hope all of you enjoyed that one. I hope I hope Salou that you you enjoyed it as well. <laughs> I did, I did. Gosh, TikTok can be so addicting. I'm telling you, you're there's telling so me. Much, it's a variety show. You know what I mean? It's such. There's so much variety on there. You know, I mean, I used to be on there for hours, thinking to myself, "Oh my god, I gotta hop off. I gotta hop off." But it's very addicting. It's yeah, addicting. yeah. It's like it's like uh, that Lay's potato chips commercial, whatever, or that Ruffles. You can't just have one. You just can't have with just nope. one. So you know, you just gotta nope. keep on going more and more. Uh, moving on to some weird and outlandish news from around the world. Uh, we have a couple of uh, of them actually that are pretty interesting, and uh, one of them has to do with uh, a doctor removed three hundred kidney stones from a woman. Imagine that. Uh, doctors in Taiwan uh, successfully removed um, th- over 300 kidney stones from a 20-year-old from 20-year-old Xiao Yu, uh, who had been admitted 
with a fever and severe back pain. Described as, quote, small steamed buns, the stones were discovered via ultrasound. uh, Zhao's preference for sweet beverages such as bubble tea over water was cited as a contributing Mm. factor due to dehydration. I mean, Mm -hmm. that sounds like it was more so the patient's fault than than the drink's fault at that point. Listen, Absolutely. Listen, I didn't mention this to you guys earlier, but I do have a degree in nursing. Actually, I have a bachelor's degree in the science of nursing that I got to, that I got from Washington State University. So, long story short, the nutrition on this kid has got to be <laughs> the worst sort of nutrition that's ever existed. You know what I mean? To have three hundred kidney stones. Yeah, that's incredible. Like, come on, you must be having wrong, the worst kind of. Believe- it's it's more rare i mean it's not uncommon but it's considerably less common for women to get kidney stones than men so for a female to have 300 is is astounding and like you said her diet just must be horrendous i think so i mean that's just that's just that's just all crazy and uh jc is saying uh dave Navarro, i had three stones that almost killed me nine years ago i can't imagine the hell this woman was going through before it was discovered and treated yeah i i can't you know i heard something a long time ago that and this may be just a rumor but i heard that <laughs> that if you have kidney stones a buddy of mine actually drank a whole thing of foster's beer just downed it and the damn things just came out like right yeah. afterward it's not a it's not a wide scale, uh, but a friend of mine in the late '80s, uh, guy I worked with on Growing Pains, um, had a really bad kidney stone, and that's what mm. the doctor told him to go do. He said, "I want you to go home this weekend and buy yourself like a 24 pack of light beer and just keep drinking light beer all weekend to help stimulate the you know." The urinary tract right the everything. kidneys yes the nephrosis yes the kidneys are just yes i mean it's and i've seen kidney stones they're like little um yellow crystals oh. and they're hard like they're hard like rocks that's why they're called stones and oh. it's just crystallized and when they pass it's extremely painful oh, oh. So, i mean yeah i drink and you lots know and as lots a, of water <laughs> right and as a nurse too man like the female anatomy because I've, I've actually had in my past i've had to put uh, Foley catheters in women, and it's a lot more difficult than it is in men. We'll just say that because going in can be extremely hard to find everything, right? You can imagine a stone passing through there, it's extremely painful. Well, I mean, oof. let's just say that that's not the stoned I ever want to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I oh, no, that's right. that was awful. I had to say it. Come on, <laughs> don't laugh at that. Don't encourage him, folks. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, at least she got treated. So a good thing that she's just going to be okay. And hopefully lesson learned, she's going to actually drink water now from this point on. (laughs) So here's hoping. In other weird and outlandish news, a Russian engineer actually created a real life Iron Man suit. I'm talking, he had the face, the, the, the body armor and the arms. I don't know if he actually got to the legs yet, but on top of that, he actually created a repulsor beam from uh, the hand that basically is like a, comp- like a compressed air that when you shoot it, it like pushes stuff out. It was pretty cool. Actually, it's on YouTube. Uh, this coming from puberty at puberty on Instagram, Alex Birkin, a Russian engineer and YouTuber has achieved a remarkable feat by creating a functional real life Iron Man suit that faithfully replicates both the visual and technical elements of the iconic Marvel hero's attire. The suit includes a repulsor blast mimicking Iron Man's signature move, which is powered by a unique combination of hydrogen and oxygen without the need of ignition. The result is a suit that that not only captures the aesthetic appeal of the Iron Man suit from the movies, but also incorporates an innovative and safe propulsion system. So, I mean, it's so funny because after reading that, I looked at the comments and the comments below, they were like, the, the feds are watching, bro. Because <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to be all feds over watching. that. <laughs> I'm not terribly shocked, though, because there was a guy on YouTube just about two years ago who actually created a functional working lightsaber that could cut through metal and wood and things like that. Wow. Now it had to be connected to a pack 
that was generating the power and things. But people, I mean, we have the technology to do a lot of this stuff now. It just takes someone to figure it out and do it. So, I mean, there was a guy. That's a fact. It was less less than two years ago, made a working lightsaber that, I mean, he actually cut through things with it. And it was pretty impressive. So, I'm I'm not shocked that we reached (laughs) this point. Like I want one. Like, what's that guy's number, dude? Like, let me freaking <laughs> let me hit him up. Like, dude, I want that. Like yesterday. Yeah, you're not allowed. <sighs> I don't trust you, man. man. Technology. I'm telling you guys. I don't know if you guys have ever come across um, Elon Musk's book. I've read both of them. Now they're extremely similar. But I'll tell you what, the technology and the mind of that guy. I mean, really, he's trying to get things popping on Mars. Really, he's really, really trying to get things right on Mars. And oh, yeah. just the space shuttles he sent out to space and the contracts, the government contracts and the things he's doing, it's next level. It's next level. Like, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the robots he's creating and everything, the Tesla robots. Scary. <laughs> scary. It's I mean, scary. Like Terminator, right? You guys remember yeah, the Terminator the movie, the original. Hey, I mean, uh, uh, Rick Ross already started building bunkers. You know, <laughs> that was the news that, that just, just came out just recently. Oh, He's, Rick Ross. Yeah, he started building like underground bunkers recently. And yeah, I mean, it's it's insane. Uh, Jeremy, real quick, uh, some of our uh, audience members are saying that your mic is a little low. So you might want to like put it a little bit closer to you there. I uh, just want to go ahead and make sure that, you know, pe- I, I don't want to hear you, but they do apparently. So, you know, I was, that's why I wasn't complaining. I was like, don't tell him anything. Just shh, shh, quiet. You know, <laughs> that's just me, but that's fine. <laughs> Anyways. All the love, folks. Yeah, it's very little. Um, anyway, so, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's pretty insane, uh, the technology that's going on. It's scary. Uh, I also heard, heard as well that pretty soon, um, I don't know if you guys ever played, I know, Jeremy, you played Cyberpunk before, but those vehicles are on that video game. Police officers are actually going to be driving vehicles like those very soon, apparently, uh, allegedly from news reports. Uh, and I'm like, are you serious right now? We're going to be looking like, literally, we're going to be looking like cyberpunk. It's going to be nuts. Hey, you know, Ridley Scott predicted. I mean, that's a Tesla truck. With the, the, yeah, the Tesla truck and all that. You're going to have these Mm -hmm. caged out vehicles, but I mean, look at, look at Blade Runner years ago. You know, a lot of this stuff is, is coming about. It's coming around. And uh, weird enough, there I don't know if you're familiar with him, there's a science fiction writer named Isaac Asimov, uh, was very famous in the 40s and 50s, wrote a lot, I mean, just brilliant, he's considered the godfather of science fiction. But 90% of the things this man came up with in the 40s have come to fruition, have come to reality. That's how brilliant he was in his forethought and his knowledge of technology and things like that i mean page yourself i mean every little thing we use now this guy was writing about in the 40s and 50s as that's amazing science fiction type things it was all predicted i mean we all saw it i mean like if you really think about it look at look at back to the future you know a lot of stuff that's impact of the future is actually like happening now huh I still want my flying car. That's coming. That's already coming. That's already in the works, actually, from what I understand. That's already in the works, so don't be surprised if that actually happens. That's insane. Well, uh, other than that, I mean, we still got some more entertainment news coming up your net, uh, coming up your way right after this, including Madonna. Apparently, she's getting sued. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up next. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! They're so disgusting. I swear, some of those uh, some of those zombies just do not get to use the front door. I mean, and pretty soon, as technology moves on, that's going to be next. <laughs> mm-hmm. the zombies are going to be next. <laughs> oh my god, I'm telling you, it's 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 a crazy it's a crazy time that we live in. But even crazier right now for Madonna, as she got sued recently for what being two hours late to the show or something like that. Jeremy. Okay, so yeah, we have two people who have brought a 
lawsuit against Madonna and the promotional company who put on her tour in New York. And they're claiming false advertising. They're claiming just a litany of ridiculous claims. But the concert went off two hours late. The concert didn't start until 1030. It was supposed to start at 830. Here's my thing. If you know anything about concerts and venues, things go wrong. Things get late, things get pushed back. Madonna has never had a reputation as a uh, prima donna in her performances. No pun she's intended? Not, she, she, no, no pun intended, but she's not Axl Rose. She's not any, you know, Mick Jagger and all these other people who were notorious for making their fans wait just to rev them up and get them more, you know, ready for the show and everything else. She doesn't have that <laughs> reputation. Something happened that delayed this show, obviously. And these people are throwing a fit. It seems incredibly entitled to me. I mean, the thing that stands out the biggest to me is they're filing a uh, complaint as well because they were confronted with limited public transportation and ride-sharing options at that late hour excuse me have you been to new york at one o'clock in the morning you can throw <laughs> a freaking rock and find a taxi there's subways right exactly seven right below you and the ubers are passing you every five seconds what the hell are they talking about this is obviously a money grab this is ridiculous and i seriously hope it doesn't see the inside of a courtroom i hope it just gets tossed because this is flab i mean this is the epitome of entire there. You know, they're complaining. Oh, well, people, you know, bought tickets and they it's the middle of the week. We have to get up for our families. We have response. But I'm like, oh, give me a break. Then just stay home. You know, that's the thing that is really difficult. I think uh, for celebrities, people forget that they're normal people. I mean, at the end of the day, well, we all got like 100 years here and then we're gone. You know, they've lost people in life. They have to go to go to work every day and that's their job. Right. It's not like she didn't want to be there. Just like you mentioned, she probably had every intention of showing up on time because that's her track record. Mm -hmm. So I think she needs to be cut a little bit of grace. And that's the thing. Money grab is the right word. You know, people are quick to sue. People are quick to want to get something for free. And that's unfortunate. The world we live in. No doubt about it. And I got uh, JC Strickland uh, saying it's like they say for sporting events, cards subject to change. But in this case, it would have been circumstances subject to change due to unforeseen issues. And that is actually very true. Uh, on Instagram Live, One Nation is saying Prince was famous for actually for that, for doing exactly that to like, you know, not there show up. There are many performers who had that reputation, who their shows were notorious for going off an hour, even two hours after, just because they mm -hmm. wanted to hype the crowd up. They wanted to get that anticipation going. Madonna's mm -hmm. never been one of those people. You know, this, this just seems like blatant BS to me. I agree. I agree. And I mean, say what you want about Madonna, you know, personally, you know, like many people have gripes with her and stuff like that, but that she is a professional. She is a professional. She'll always go ahead and be there for her fans uh, because, you know, like her, hate her, whatever you want. The woman at her age, she continues to do it and she still does it very well. And she's still love still killing it. Oh yeah, and she still like she still have millions upon millions of fans that love her, even celebrities that are fans of hers. I mean, the woman's a legend. Yes. You know. She is. She's legendary. She's legendary. Agreed. So, Agreed. I mean, that's I the one thing. You know, I think it was I think it was Tupac who said uh he has a line where he says something like all I want is money, fuck the fame. I'm a simple man, Mr. Yep. International, play with, you know what I mean? So that fame is is something else. I mean, even with the film I did, Manodrome, I've got people who hit me up and they've got comments and they've got objections to it. And I'm like, you're not an actor. What's your problem? <laughs> you're not an actor. The role I play is the role I play, mind your business. If you don't like the film, don't watch the film. If you don't like my career, unfollow. You know? Exactly. It really feels so... It's ridiculous. People, a lot of people, they just feel so entitled. Oh, well, I saw you, so I need to say something about you. And it's like, come on, come on. I mean, really. you can say you can say all you want. Do I have to listen or care? No. <laughs> no. Not so much. No. That's the difference. That's the big difference. Well, uh, here's hoping that a judge throws this case out because it sounds like absolute 
bullshit to me. So uh, in this case, you know, so we'll see what happens after that. In other entertainment news, speaking of artists, <laughs> oh, Kanye West, uh, the things that you do sometimes, my friend. Uh, this guy, I swear, I just don't know where he's at. So a few days ago, Kanye went on a 40-minute apology for his anti-Semitic, uh, you know, uh, things that he said, uh, just just the 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 rants that he's been posting the the things that he's been saying uh, to the media everything he just wanted to apologize but apparently the apology was all over the place uh you know if you heard it it was all over the place it wasn't exactly centered or anything like that he went ahead and apologized to you know to to you know people of jewish descent and everything but yet today on TMZ, they actually had him wearing a neo-Nazi singer's face plastered on the shirt. Now, this is according to TMZ.com. Uh, it says, quote, Kanye West seems to be embracing Nazi sentiments yet again, this time wearing a T-shirt with the face of a self-proclaimed neo-Nazi who's very well known in the metal scene. Rapper JP, or I'm sorry, JPEG Mafia posted a pic Friday showing him standing next to Ye with the last flashing his new platinum teeth and jpeg again uh just a few days ago jpeg was publicly griping that kanye west was wasn't acknowledging his talents in the studio and now this uh so basically you know i don't understand where where kanye's mind is i mean i don't think anybody really understands where kanye's mind is really but I mean, it's just it's just one of those things that I just don't get Jeremy I mean can you put make heads or tails of all this I've told you before, every time we come up with something like this, I really hope the guy gets help. It seems to me he needs some help. Because um, he's he's just, again, he's all over the place. I mean, if you're, if you're going to be a Nazi supporter, then be a Nazi supporter. But what are you doing giving a 40-minute apology, you know, about, oh, I didn't mean to do this, and, I didn't, and then come out the next day with a neo-Nazi, you know, supporter and guy who's well-known for it on your shirt? I mean, his wardrobe choices, he's been wearing things that have anti-Semitic statements. He's been wearing things, you know, I think he had one on one of those shirts that um, it's the initials for five million wasn't enough or six million wasn't enough for the amount of Jews that died in the concentration camps. It's a very popular shirt among the neo-Nazi crowd. He was wearing one of those. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I feel like the guy needs some serious help. He really does. He's all over the place. He's trying to antagonize. He's trying to stay relevant. He's doing it in all the wrong ways. And truthfully, I'm worried about the guy. I mean, he, the things he says are definitely frustrating, but I'm, I'm more worried about him seriously. I think he's got some serious problems. No, I agree. And uh, I mean, salute. What's what's your take on this with with Kanye and where his mindset is? I mean, with everything, all the racist remarks that he's put out there, the anti-Semitism, just everything in general. I mean, what what's your take on this? You know, look, musically, the guy has accomplished a lot in his life, artistically, with his design and his eye for fashion. And what he's willing to do to grow, right? I mean, he's done internships at some really, really big uh, fashion houses, you know, to really get to where he's at artistically with his fashion. However, you have to be careful not to offend people. You know, anything that's hate speech, you really have to sit back and think, what am I doing this for? And I think a lot of, a lot of the time, I do believe it's tactic. Mm -hmm. I do believe it's to, because, you know, what do they say? Any publicity is better than no publicity. So whether the publicity is good, whether it's bad, I mean, look, we're talking about him here, right? Other people are mm -hmm. talking about him all over the world, and that's exactly what he wants. There's a level of relevance you get when you're a risk taker and you say these things about people. You know, I get it, there's freedom of speech, but, I mean, I think, I think look, I'm praying for him. I, I am. I'm praying for him and uh, anyone else who's going through, whether it's depression, whether it's bipolar, whether it's any sort of other psychosis, you know, because I, I mentioned, look, I'm a healthcare provider. I see it. You know, I see it. I've gone through things myself, being at the lowest points of my life. However, some people lash out. And one thing that my acting teachers told me, Avana Chubbuck, homicide and suicide, they're two sides of the same coin. You know, and I've watched documentaries. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but there's this famous football player who was a thug. I mean, he'd go around shooting people up. 
And then when he went to prison, he was there for a while, couldn't take it anymore. He committed suicide. You know what I mean? So homicide and suicide part of the same coin. You know what I mean? Yeah, Sanchez, exactly. That's who it was. So my whole thing is just lead with love. And fame is not relevance, fame. Look, you'll have that. There's no need to push. You know, I believe in obviously manifestation. My belief is in quantum physics. When you put good stuff out there, good comes back to you. You know, that look, you'll come across your occasional asshole, right? You can't control everyone. And a lot of people are on different paths and different levels on their healing journey. Um, but I would say I'm just, look, I'm sending love and light to the guy. And, you know, he's got a family that he lost. I'm a, I'm a dad myself. I was divorced in 2020. I know what that shit's like. It's very painful. It's very devastating, especially for the kids. He lost his mom. I'm very close to my mom. When I was in Berlinale for my film release on Manodrome, I flew my mother out to walk the red carpet with me. I didn't fly some chick out. I didn't fly some random person out. It's my mom, you know? So there's a lot of things that I can relate to when it comes to Kanye West. Mm -hmm. And I have a soft place in my heart for him, if I'm being completely honest, because I know what it's like to be the underdog in life. You know, and even though you have money, even though you have fame, even though you have notoriety, there's still a part of you that has something missing when you don't have the love from your family. You know, so. No, very well said. Very, very well said. Uh, and of course, uh, One Nation has finally joined us here on the chat. She says, always. So welcome to the chat, One Nation. Appreciate you for being here. Uh, JC Strickland uh, had something to say. says, Kanye's elevator quit going to the top floor some time ago, and he needs major treatment, which I hope he gets sooner than later. Uh, so it's, um, it's, it's, it's one of those things where unfortunately he does need help we hope that he gets it uh before he does something really drastic and uh pretty much you know i, I don't know I, at this point i don't even know what what can come from him uh you know he's lost a lot of things he's lost a lot of endorsements he's lost a lot of deals big billion dollar deals thanks to what he's been doing where his mind's at who knows it's it's clearly just not something's up with him and and Again, you know, uh, going back to what you said, you know, he's lost loved ones. You know, I, I think that all this, in my opinion, I always thought that his breakdown happened shortly after he lost his mother. Uh, and I, I'm a true believer that that because even because before that he was fine. He was doing music. Everything's fine. After that, that's when he started just kind of like going like off the deep end. And as somebody that lost his mother, you know, I lost my mother in 2016. Um, I can honestly say Sorry. that, and thank you very much for that. I can honestly say that you're never the same afterward. It's, it's, it's something, it's something that's like, because you got to remember that you are inside that person for nine months. So you're a part of them. They're a part of you. So when that person leaves this world, a part of you leaves it too. But at the end of the day, you want to honor that person. You want to make sure that you honor them by not doing something that, you know, will they that will uh, disappoint them? That's why you got to keep going forward and and in their honor. You're living for them. You're living for their honor, and you're trying to make sure you make them proud as much as you can. So, uh, what he's doing right now is just not. That's not the way I would think that his, that you know his loved one would be happy with where he's going with this. So, uh, you know, uh, Danny's also commenting right now saying mental illness is absolutely no joke as someone who experiences it daily. Hopefully, uh, you know, you're doing well yourself, Danny. Uh, I mean, again, you know, we just got to go ahead and, you know, he also went on to say, especially from someone who's been born with it. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where we just got to like, we just got to be there for them. You know, I mean, it, it, but at this time, it just seems that he doesn't want it. He just wants to go ahead and do what he wants to do. So hopefully he'll eventually see the error of his ways and come back to the rest of the world and get some real help. We'll just see what happens from there. Uh, in other entertainment news, uh, Succession. Auction real quick. Yeah. Real quick before we jump, uh, Danny, I've got something for you. Take it or leave it. Um, there are these things, they're called adaptogens and they're supplements that you can buy over the counter. There are things like 5-HTP, there are things like SAMI, I don't know the full name, SAM, Idenosine Mono, it's capital S-A-M, lowercase e. Uh, there's things like ashwagandha, there's things like St. John's, what, what, St. John's. Um, 
you know, I mean, obviously talk to your doctor because I'm not a doctor, but talk to your doctor and see if getting on some of these supplements will help. I like them because they're natural, they're herbal, they're not, I mean, because there is a stigma still in some places for taking medicine and a lot of medicines, they have side effects. However, I found like these things can really help a person. So for whatever it's worth, man. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate you sharing that. No, I definitely appreciate you sharing that with us, Salou. Uh, In other entertainment news, uh, Succession Auction sells items for insane prices. What kind of insane prices are we talking about here, Jeremy? So everybody knows the show Succession. It's one of the hottest shows on television. It just cleaned up at the Emmys. I mean, it... It is the show on TV right I'm now. sorry, I'm not familiar. I was there, yep. <laughs> I was there. So they finished. Brian their- Cox, Sarah yep. Snook, the whole crew, Kieran Culkin. They did amazing. Yeah, I was yeah, there. No, they are. It's an amazing show. It's, it's no wonder everybody loves it. But they have shot their final episode. It's wrapping up. And they decided to auction off the props from the show. Um, it doesn't say mm-hmm. in the article what they were auctioning it off for. I'm sure it was for some charity type thing or something like that. But the things people paid for to me, it's astounding. Okay. There's a tote bag, you know, a designer tote bag that the whole point of this bag on the show and its purpose on it was to be ridiculed. It's apparently horrendous. And the whole point of bringing it on was so that this guy had something to ridicule his girl about like throughout the show. Someone paid $18,500 to own this bag. Jesus. Someone paid over $5,200 for the phony sausages that apparently keep making an appearance throughout the show. Someone paid $2,800 for vials of lactose powder that they (laughs) used as cocaine on the show. Wow. They raised over $657,000 selling off and auctioning off insane stuff like this. What I want to know is who gets the money. <laughs> That's all I really care. That's all I really care about. Who's getting the money? You know what I mean? Some of their expenses or what? Man, HBO. I'm reading a book right now about HBO. I can't remember the name. But it's the same author who wrote Powerhouse. And Powerhouse is a book that explains uh, how a, a few men left William Morris and they started CAA. So say, I think it's James Andrew Miller is the mm-hmm. author of the book. But, uh, man, HBO's got a very interesting story. Very interesting. I have to check it out. Yeah. No, no, no doubt. And then uh, JC Strickland actually is saying uh, Kieran Culkin is an actor whose time has finally come and whose talents are just beyond phenomenal. Kieran is killing it. It's great to see. And I, and his brother Macaulay must be like incredibly, incredibly proud of of his uh, of his brother and his yes. accomplishments. So that's really cool. Well, uh, I, well, I talked with Kieran at the um, at the Emmys. We chatted uh, just just briefly. Uh, you know, we talked about where him and his wife met, and he's a New Yorker. We talked about New York. I'm going there next week. I frequent the place. Um, you know, and he's a very down to earth guy. You know, willing to take photos, willing to chat it up. Uh, him and I actually, he just did a film that's here at Sundance with um, Jesse Eisenberg. So Jesse Eisenberg and him did this picture together. Jesse Eisenberg and I and I did a picture together, oh. a Matadrome film. So we talked about that, and I explained to him sort of like what goes on in the film without giving the entire story away. And he was he was shocked. He was like, "What? You and Jesse have got what kind of scene together?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's the kind of scene we've got together." So we had a good laugh. And then shortly after, I went back to my seat. I was seated, you know, a few seats behind him. And then next thing I know, his name is called. For the uh, for the Emmy, and keep bear in mind, I agree with you, JC. He's won the Critics' Choice Award. He's won the Golden Globe, and now the Emmy. So his career—I mean—we'll continue to see the guy, you know. Absolutely. And shout out to him. Shout out to Jesse Eisenberg as well, um, who was phenomenal to work with on set. Again, these guys are extremely personable. You guys, these are the type oh, well, of people well, where when you're working with them. Well, definitely, and we'll definitely, we'll definitely get. Well, I definitely want to go ahead and like touch base on how you worked with them and everything. Uh, very soon, we're coming up to we'll that very soon, actually. Uh, and uh, you know, I mean, 
but still the auction is just like that's bananas to me right there but you know what i mean i'm hoping that the money does go to a good cause i'm hoping that the money does go to good hands and not to somebody that's like you know like just you know greedy but then again this is hollywood so <laughs> you never know in other entertainment news uh richard simmons is not pleased because uh well Polly shore is actually starring as uh richard simmons in a new biopic uh that they're filming and he's not too happy with it uh richard simmons went on uh on on social media and said quote Hi, everybody. You may have heard they may be doing a movie about me with Polly Shore. I have never given my permission for this movie, so don't believe everything you read. I no longer have a manager, and I no longer have a publicist. I just try to live a quiet life and be peaceful. Thank you for all your love and support, Richard. Uh, obviously, he's not too happy about this. Polly Shore uh, just is like, you know, he's, he's, he's very much... Uh, he's very much enjoying the fact that he's playing uh, this iconic role. Uh, but I mean, I just don't understand. Apparently, uh, according to sources, Richard can't do anything about it. The film is uh, actually being produced, being uh, done, but with Warner brothers, I believe, and Richard cannot do anything about it. So my question here, uh, I'm going to go ahead and pose this question to you, Jeremy, uh, because you work with Warner brothers as well is why can't, Richard Simmons do anything about this? It's him. It's a, a movie about him. So how can't the person just say no? I don't. I don't allow this. Like why? Well, back in my day, you could stop this from happening, but somewhere along the line, these unauthorized biopics became acceptable. Um, I don't know how that happened legally. I do know back in, you know, in the late 80s and early 90s, they could not make a biopic about someone without getting, you know, okay from their family or who are, you know, their living relatives, things like that. That's changed. Now all they have to do is slap on, uh, you know, this is the unauthorized biopic or unauthorized version, and now they're allowed to do it. I don't know what legal process happened in the meantime but we've seen a bunch of these i mean there's there's been a ton over the last 10 years and you know almost every celebrity who was featured in them has come out and said you know they weren't happy it was being done wow uh i mean so it you know you're you're getting into the, this industry how upset would you be if somebody did a story of your life without even talking to you about it like i mean i'm sure you would be like livid about this Look, it depends on how good of a job they do. <laughs> if they do a good job, we'll see. I mean, if they do a good job, I mean, you know, because you can't control people, you know? I mean, that's something I learned years ago. You just got to let people do what they're going to do. I mean, obviously, I'd, I'd hope it's tasteful, you know? I mean, I love biopics myself. Mm -hmm. so, you know, yeah. At the end of the day, as long as it's portrayed well and in good taste, I agree with you. It should be. I mean, hopefully Richard will be okay with. It. I mean, Polly kind of looks like him too. Well, like he does look like him. My concern, and I'm not trying to crap all over Polly here, but he's never shown the acting chops to be able to really pull mm. off a role like this. He's a comedian. His roles have been slapstick comedy. I'm not mm -hmm. saying he's not capable, but we've never seen it. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'd personally be concerned that he's not up to the, the, the task. Um, then again, I'm not trying to crap on the guy. It's just, I mean, you look at Encino Man and Biodome, and these were all just him playing himself, being goofy and doing his shtick that he does on stage in front of the camera. So I'm, I, I'd be interested in seeing this because my mother was an 80s, you know, Richard Simmons girl, you know, watched and did her aerobics. And I mean, Richard Simmons was a part of my life growing up because of that. So I would be interested in this. But I have to say, I'm, I, I don't know if Polly has the has the chops to, to bring, you know, this role to really bring something special to this. I, I, I'm interested to see if he does. I mean, it's possible because, I mean, if they casted him, maybe they saw something in his audition that they they were like hey this guy could do it so it's very possible and it's i mean you can never look at someone's past work and say that that's all they're capable of you can't i mean we don't know what he's been doing he could have been working to hone his craft to get better to you know whatever i mean i've had friends who were you know 
on crappy shows and they got ridiculed and they weren't that, you know, they weren't that sharp with their acting abilities. And they, you know, refocused and went back to class and went back to school and studied and honed their craft. And guess what? They ended up on NYPD Blue and all these other shows with reoccurring roles and and lead spots and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you can't look at somebody's work 15, 20 years ago and go, that's all they're capable of. Um, I, I agree. I agree. Hard work will always pay off. Hard Look, you've got some actors that are classically trained. You've got some actors that, you know, Julia Roberts, I, I might have been Julia Roberts, don't quote me. But you've got great actors, Sandra Bullock. One of one of those ladies did not go to a classical Juilliard or, you know, um, these other very famous Yale universities where they get that training, but they're doing well. Look at Will Smith, mm-hmm. right? Minus the slap, minus the slap, y'all. But I mean, an Oscar in hand, a lot of great film credits behind him. So, you know, you've got great teachers in Hollywood. Shout out to my acting teacher, Ivana Chubbick. So with a lot of hard work, a lot of determination, it costs, because these people cost, right? They're not cheap. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Well, I mean, and, and you know, that's basically we're gonna have to like see if it's actually if in fact anything is possible with Polly Shore. Uh, <laughs> I'm, curious see, I'm curious to see how it's gonna actually turn out. Uh, and you know, we'll go ahead and just you know figure out when the biopic comes out because I'm actually curious to watch that myself. Uh, and 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 speaking of you know, anything's possible yet again, you know, salute, you know, you've become a major sensation. Uh, with Manodrome. Manodrome is an incredible movie. Uh, it's an incredible thriller. When I watch clips of it, I'm like, this kind of reminds me of Fight Club in a sense. And I'm just like looking at it and I'm like, it's kind of like, it's got that feel. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about what your role in this movie is, like who you are in this role. Look, the way my role is described in the breakdown is this is a pivotal role. Indeed, this role is quite pivotal. I mean, it stars Jesse Eisenberg when his character meets my character, right? His whole trajectory changes. His life is going one way. He meets my character and then it's a rampage. It's a rampage because he's dealing with some things, his sexuality, for example, that he does not want to come clean on. He's got a woman, he's got pregnant. That's his girlfriend. She's with child. Uh, He's an Uber driver. He's not happy with his life. He's an amateur bodybuilder where my character's, I mean, I gained 15 pounds for this role. I'm yoked up. I'm swole, ripped. You know what I mean? And you can see it on screen, right? But he's obsessed with my character, follows him around, ends up following him to the most climactic scene in the film, where, like, from that point on, he begins to do something in the film that really makes it a thriller. But the film, I tell people, it's like Taxi Driver, right? It's, look... Fight Club, you mentioned it, man. You hit it right on the head. And it's also Brokeback Mountain. You saw what Heath Ledger did. You saw what Jake Gyllenhaal did. Mm-hmm. Look, the film's got that sort of magnitude to it. I'm dying and, to man, see I, it. I'm telling you, when people see this movie, it's going to be like, look, I'm, I'm over here at the macro place trying to get, you know, Charles D. King and his people to look at it. Because once they do, it's a wrap, man. They're going to be like, Absolutely. okay, yeah, we got to put this guy on. we got to put this guy on. It's an amazing feature film. The executive producers on there, you've got Riley Keough. Riley Keough is the granddaughter of um, Elvis Presley. She's also an actress herself, phenomenal actress. She was just nominated for Deji Jones in The Six, mm-hmm. which was on Amazon Prime. Uh, I first became familiar with her when I saw um, The Girlfriend Experience, where she played like a high-end prostitute that was mm-hmm. in law school. So, and of course, her and Gina Gamble, they co-wrote a film, took it to Cannes, and they won the Camera d'Or at Cannes. So these women are very very good at what they do they know how they pick their talent and so to be picked with these people to be able to act with an oscar winner like adrian brody to play opposite an oscar nominee like jesse eisenberg man my chops are there my chops are right where they need to be the crazy part about my chops being there is i'm not even satisfied because i'm looking for an oscar in hand man i'm looking for a golden globe in hand uh, a critics choice award i'm looking for all of it emmys sag awards everything I'm taking no hostages. I just got my equity in UK. I'm leaving to go to London at the end of the mu- uh, February. End of February, I'm flying to go to London to go shoot a feature film. 
you know. Well, and that's and that's actually it's funny that you mentioned that because before we came on the show, uh, this right. isn't your real. This it's funny because somebody was actually asking where are you from originally. <laughs> they were asking the same thing I where was. Am I from? Yeah. Well, let me give them the breakdown. Originally, I'm from okay. Sierra Leone, West Africa, and I came to the states when I was three years old. I came with an uncle, my dad's uncle, my brother and I, and then I grew up in Seattle, Washington. And um, went to college, Washington State University, grew up there. And then finally, November 17, 2014, I made my way down to L.A. And I've been there for nine years now. Now, this is not my natural accent. I usually talk like this with an American accent. Unless I'm shooting a movie, and then I talk with African accents. You see? So, man, we could code switch real quick all day long. Nice. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, this accent that I'm putting on right now, actually, I'm actually just preparing for a role that I'm shooting in the U.K., so that's why I'm, I've been at Sundance introducing myself to people. I was like, where are you from? You're from England. What part of London are you from? Are you from? I'm like, look, no, I'm, I'm actually from, from LA. Hey, that's right. great, man. You're nailing it. But it's method. You got to do what you have to do, though. It's method. You know, look, UTA's here. CAA's here, man. CAA is my dream agency. That's why I read the whole book, Powerhouse. I know all about those guys, man. I know about how when they left William Morris, how they had the girlfriends manning the phones. I know about how they all got matching Jaguars. Man, motivation and inspiration. Hard work just pays off, man. And oh, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to work my ass off. Without a shadow of a doubt. And, dude, you're doing it. You're, you're doing the damn thing. Thank I you. mean, uh, you know, uh, I mean, working with two incredible actors, Jesse Eisenberg, like you, as you mentioned, the Academy Award nominee, uh, Adrian Brody, yes. uh, Academy Award winner, uh, you know, and yes. then you have Odessa Young as well. I mean, those are three yes. great actors there. Oh, I mean, sweetheart. So, I mean, it must have been an insane experience. And you just keep on going for the next one to the next one to the next one until you get one of those statues or all of them, preferably. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you never know. You might actually want to go ahead and go for an EGOT after that. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. I just got my AEA. I just, I literally just paid for my, um, my equity card in New York. So I can do theater now. I can nice. do theater in New York. I got my equity in the UK. I just got that as well this past month. So like, I'm just, I'm never satisfied. That's the thing about me. I remember when I shot Manadrome, booked Manadrome, and it was in the can and it came out and people were like, dude, you got, my friends are like, Salu, you literally have a movie that's in theaters right now, man. They're like, are you going to pump the brakes to celebrate? I said, no, I'm not celebrating shit. No, I'm on to the next project. Cause you can only ride that ride that way for so long. And I think it happens to a lot of people where they're riding the rave and they're just like, well, I'm in this, I'm in this. But hold on, you got to get the next thing. Literally my phone is going off. I have an audition right now. I had an audition that just came through. Nice. You know, my reps are doing their job. I just got new reps. I've got publicists in the UK. I've got publicists in Atlanta, publicists in LA, um, agents and managers. And my team, I'm stacking my team up. So that way, look, I've got so many articles out there about me. I've, I just did uh, a, uh, ABC. I interviewed uh, for the news channel, The Lot. Uh, Seattle's news channel, I just did that. I mean, I'm doing so much so that whenever I get picked up, it's a shoo-in. It's like when you buy a new house and you buy a brand new home. It's this is not this is not a fixer upper. This is ten key ready. This shit right here is ten key ready. Like I'm ready. You know what I mean? Well, we got we got on our on our stream right now. We have Danny saying in reverse. Bob Has, uh, Hoskins was born and bred British, but adopted an American accent as Eddie Valiant for Roger Rabbit. Uh, I actually remember that, and that is actually very true as well. When I found he was British, I was like, oh, my God, he's British. That's crazy. Uh, mm -hmm. We also have JC saying, uh, uh, Salu, uh, you said you're going to New York. If you get time, I highly recommend spending time at the Museum of Broadway that opened last year. It's amazing. So uh, a lot of people... A lot of people, I'm sure, you know, uh, you know, wishing you well, Salu. You know, I mean, it seems like you're going up. You're a rising star. How can I, I got to ask this question? I ask this question for all, I guess, here before uh, we we take off here. Uh, how can people stalk you on social media so they could go ahead and just know what you're up to? Instagram. I think Instagram's the most uh, effective way because I post on there quite frequently in my stories, especially whether I'm working out, whether I'm meal prepping you know, the vitamins I take, the stuff that I mentioned earlier to JC, you know, I try to help people as well because it's not about me, 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 me. But my way to give back is to, you know, I'm a dad, I'm a father, right? I've got two kids. So it's to encourage all fathers who can't see their kids regularly to do their best to do just that thing, to try to see them, you know, to stay in contact with them. It's also, I'm big on mental health. So that's why I mentioned those vitamins and supplements. 
and exercise and fitness and books, man. Look, I'm a big, look, also real estate. I do so much, but I'm a big reader. And I tell people, man, read because let's learn from other people's mistakes, right? And their stories so we can save ourselves years of, of mistakes. You know, we can get to where we are supposed to be, you know. Very wise. Very Thank well said. Very well said, man. And, you know, we wish you much luck. We hope that you come back and see us again very soon on your next project. You know, I'm sure you got more projects coming up and we'd love to like have you again on the show. I mean, I know that you probably like enjoyed uh, spending time here with me. Jeremy, he's there, you know, whatever. But, you know, I mean, he's in the back. You guys are both great, man. You guys are both <laughs> brilliant. I've, I've learned so much from you both. And uh, look, you guys have a lifelong friend in me. I always tell people this one thing. The house that I want to buy someday is at 25 220 Walker Road, Hidden Hills, California. My dream is to one day have the biggest, nicest Thanksgiving party and invite everyone that I've ever worked with, casting directors, agents, managers, even managers and people that I've let. I just want you guys to show up, show your ID with security, and let's have a blast, man. Well, just, just so you know, Jeremy's actually a chef, an actual chef. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. And, and let me tell you. He's got to keep I, learning. Always got to keep learning, man. I got to say this about him. I don't say too many good things about Jeremy, but I'll say this. He is an incredible chef. I mean, his food is bar none, like insanely well made. Everything he makes, his his oh, his uh, his specialty is Southern uh, Southern is a specialty and man, like his gumbo jambalaya, everything. My God, it's just amazing. Like his food is incredible. So, well, you know, I'll take all the, pra- this is, I rarely get praise from this man. I'll take it. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Very sweet. So, uh, you know, Salusa, thank you so much for being on the tomorrow Miller report. Uh, we love having you here guys. Go ahead and check out his Instagram. Go ahead and check out Manadrome. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's in theaters right now, or is it streaming right now? It was in theaters, but now it's streaming Apple TV, um, Amazon Prime, Google Play, a lot of different. If you just Google it, you'll find it. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thanks again, man. We appreciate you having you on the show, and we hope to have you again here very soon. Coming up next in sports, Sean Strickland goes ahead and goes on a crazy tirade on women's MMA right after this. See you later. Salute. Ciao. Thanks, guys. Listening to stuff has never been so enjoyable. If you had the misfortune to have been born after 1990, then you missed out on a lot of cool stuff. Then is Now Podcast is here to remedy that. Join Rigor and his dedicated band of rotating hosts as they tackle pop culture of the past and how it relates today. From celebrity interviews to film and TV discussion and beyond, Then Is Now Podcast brings you up to speed on all the cool stuff that you should know about. Plus, the East meets the West. If you enjoy movies that have lots of shooting and fighting, then there's a whole world of films out there that you don't even know about. Join our hosts on a journey as they discuss the amazing kung fu films of the Shaw Brothers and Western films made in Italy that have become known as Spaghetti Westerns. Action, adventure, kung fu fighting, both shows and more can be found at havenpodcasts.com. Warning may cause nostalgic feelings and eliminate boredom. I got to tell you, out of all the guests we've had, I think Salu, like, he's a very humble person, uh, very, very, like, you know, very down-to-earth guy. I like the guy. Like, he's, you know, and he's very talented. Incredibly talented, very well-spoken, very thoughtful human being, and you can tell very genuine. So that was a real pleasure. Very much so. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's a breath of fresh air, you know, compared to the person I have to deal with all the time here. So (laughs) I know I'm number one. I know I'm number one. Yeah, you you know, put that on in there. (laughs) Uh, We have a lot of people that are actually saying, well, Pink Lady, uh, she's saying, I want Jeremy to cater my wedding. (laughs) Oh, I would love to be able to do that, Pink. So, yeah, there's there's that right there. Uh, One Nation uh, is saying awesome to get to know him. Uh, yeah, it was it definitely was awesome to get to know him. I'm very talented. I mean, I can't believe like he really immerses himself in roles. I mean, to be like practicing that English accent for a role. You have to. Accents are, are extremely difficult. Uh, I have trouble with them. I can tell you if I booked a role where I had to have an accent, I would have to be using it 24-7 until that pro- production was done because I would lose it. Um, 
I, I would have to perfect it and then just put it into my everyday life. Um, it's not easy to do. So he's he is extremely talented, and again, just hardworking. You can tell he is he is honing his craft constantly, and that is he's seeing the results. Absolutely, absolutely. Hopefully, we get to see him in more things coming up. Uh, in sports, Sean Strickland, man, I swear this guy—he's actually going to be defending his welterweight championship against uh, Duplessis uh, this Saturday. Uh, but during the during the 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 uh, the uh, press conference and everything, he put down women's sports, basically saying that women's sports nobody wants to watch it. Uh, saying that the WNBA nobody wants to watch that either. Uh, nobody wants to watch any of that. At basically going on a homophobic tirade to one of the reporters as well. This guy's trash, dude. I mean, the stuff that he spews out of his mouth. I mean, I, you know, but Dana White lets him do what he wants to do. Here's the thing. I don't like Conor McGregor. I can't stand that cocky bastard. I really can't. But he doesn't cross the line. This cat is crossing that line and continuously crosses that line. Mm -hmm. So is that other, you know, psycho MAGA ex-champion that was a uh, middleweight guy, whatever. Um, you know, as long as they're making money for the production, Dana doesn't care. He's going to let them do whatever. And like, you know, um, you know, any publicity is good publicity and that's how Dana looks at it. So, you know, he, unless someone does something specifically to him or offends him, he doesn't do anything about it. Um, Strickland's a moron. His opinions don't mean shit. Uh, the fact is people are watching women's sports and they're watching them at a higher rate than they ever have been. That's a fact. If you actually pay attention to these games, there was a time you and I have talked about this day mm -hmm. where the WNBA sucked. There was a reason people didn't watch it. It didn't come close to the men's game. It was slow. It was plodding. It was awkward. It was not fun to watch. The game has come light years ahead. It is a fun game to watch. I actually will tune in and watch WNBA games now. Um, he's totally off his rocker on the on the women's M uh, MMA. Um, you know, look at look at all of the major women's championships over the last couple of years with Genelsek uh, and um, uh, Rose. What's her name? And you know me, I never know their yeah. names. But yeah, yeah, the women's game has been flourishing they're selling out their own events they're actually main headlining and co-headlining with the, with the guys they are generating huge amounts of interest in the sport so what he means to say is he doesn't care about it mm -hmm. he can't pick for everybody he doesn't give a shit well guess what you don't matter to the people who are watching you know people are watching Oh no, they, no 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 he, no he does matter but he matters in the sense that they want him to lose <laughs> they want they want Duplessis to take that belt away from him well again this is MMA so even if this guy doesn't somebody else will soon um, is this is not boxing you don't go on a 40 and0 run for your career it just doesn't happen this guy will get smacked in the head and he will lose at some point and it will come soon um it's, again, another outlandish asswipe trying to generate publicity by saying stupid stuff. And again, it's it's literally asinine what he's saying oh, because yeah. the facts don't back it up. You know, these, these women's promotions for MMA are not losing money. They're not struggling. They're generating huge amounts of money for the company. Otherwise, the company wouldn't be giving them a co-headliner spot. Um, you know, the WNBA, their teams are not struggling. You've got men's sports with with teams that are barely making ends meet. The WNBA has been flourishing. They're doing fine. I mean, given, no, their salaries aren't the same as what the guys are making. They're not generating the same type of revenue, but it's not a league in trouble. They generate their own, you know, fan base and people enjoy it. So he's completely off base. and It's just a, a completely asinine comment. Completely. I agree with you on that. The guys just like when I was hearing him, I was like, dude, shut up, please stop. Just stop. Okay, you don't know what you're talking about. You're ignorant. 
in in the things that are coming out of your mouth. So it is what it is. In, uh, the last uh, uh, news, sports news for the day here, LeBron James. And I, the only reason why I'm bringing this one up is because, Jeremy, you're a dad. So, you know, I have to bring this up. He was actually being interviewed after his game uh, the, the, the with the Lakers. Uh, he was watching his son, Bronny James, uh, playing, uh, you know, you know, with USC. You know. um, and he was actually watching it and they were just like, he was just like, shoot it, shoot it. Like they were asking him questions and he was just like zoned in on the game. And people were like, dude, leave him alone. He's trying to watch his son play his game. Like, you know, leave the guy alone. Here's the thing. They're just doing their job. They're reporters. It's after the game. They have to go to LeBron. He's the guy. If yep. they don't go and talk to him, they're going to get chewed out by their bosses. They're doing their job. It's what would bother me is if he was getting pushback for kind of blowing off the reporter and focusing on his son, which didn't seem to happen. People sure. understand this man's supporting his son. He's watching his son play. They're cutting him some slack. So I don't think it's a big deal. Um, you know, I would I would defend the reporter in that that's their job. If they get back to their editor and they say, well, I didn't talk to LeBron after the game. How do you think that's going to go? Yeah. Oh, no, without a shadow of a doubt. So, yeah, they did their job. As a reporter myself, I'd be I'd be remiss if I didn't actually do my job and and asking questions. Regardless, that was still a soundbite at the end of the day. <laughs> you know, it was like, shoot it, shoot it. No, come on. Like, he was actually doing that. So it did become a soundbite, but it also showed the public, here's a man, just played a game, and it doesn't matter about his game. He's more focused on his son. Like, Absolutely. that's a family man right there. That's a man that loves his kids. That is... That's being a dad, you know, that's a good dad. That's what matters to him most. And he said that. And one of the, you know, he said one of the things that's keeping him around is he's hoping to be able to play with Brony someday. That's awesome. That's one awesome. of the things that's keeping him going. You know, he he's talked about retirement for four or five years now. And one of the things keeping him going is just that small opportunity that he might get the chance to play with his son. That's a dad, man. Oh, yeah. No, that's and, and I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, when his son gets to play with him, hopefully it's here in the Lakers. You're going to have two James on the court, one that's going to retire. And another one's going to stay. And it's just going to continue on. So I'm I'm hoping that that does happen. I'm hoping that it's here with the Lakers, but we never know. Thanks so much, everybody. This is, you know, for watching, for staying here with us on the Navarre Miller Report. We hope you guys enjoyed it as well as, as much as we did. Uh, thank you so much. Special thanks again to Salusa Say for joining us here on the Navarre Miller Report. And, uh, you know, I'm again, I'm here with this guy, you know, I'm, you know, whatever. him. Yeah this guy this is the closest he gets to greatness folks just 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 <laughs> let him know i'm your host dave navarro along with greatness over here Jeremy Miller. <laughs> <laughs> we hope to uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it and we will hope to see you guys next time every friday we're here every friday from 6 to 7 p.m pacific standard time so we will hope that you all join us again for another episode next time everybody have a great weekend and we'll see you guys the next time we're on. You have been listening to the Navarro Miller Report. This episode of the Navarro Miller Report was brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network and sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee.